And the question to me is, if this election was so popular, so um, laden with possibility for transformation, and if the candidates on offer, the third party, third choice, etc., um, were was was so directly speaking to the concerns of the masses of people, then why was this the lowest turnout in the history of the Fourth Republic? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was thinking we could keep it a little short and also yeah. straight to the point today. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. like that has happened. I've got some questions um, and I couldn't think of a better set of people to try to address them with than you guys. So I suppose I can just throw them out and see how you folks respond. Um, yeah, we can. We can, you know, give our own two cents. Abby? Yeah. Um, I see that some people don't they spend dollars and cents since election, so I'm happy you said yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I monetize the elections. Yeah. Um, but okay, I'll be on that note. I guess the first question is just in terms of general vibes, did the election results and process go as you foresaw, or were there surprises? Maybe I make I'll take that one and then, you know. <laughs> or no, should I just I'd go? Like, yeah, I'd like to hear what you think and then I'll. Uh... Oh, okay, okay. For me, like when it comes to institutions and delivery of you know um, products that a state is that a state owes to the to the people, mm. you will see that the Nigerian elites have been, you know, uh, consistently messing up in terms of maybe you know palliatives giving you good roads mm. having good schools and also what is to say that with your eye neck you also have a good delivery of service nah you're not going to have that and again if you look at the structure again what eye neck is is part of their tools to dominate the people because when those ones just to say oh these are the guys that have entered then that's it so the ruling class INEC will seem like, oh, it's messing up and it's not, you know, but it is like that for a particular reason. Because once um, things they have hazard or they messed up or they, you know, rubbish as usual, it just does the underlying thing of maintaining status quo. You know, so they just de declare the, the winner and then that's it. And we just keep on writing. Everybody will go to court. The court is the same thing. It's under the influence of the ruling class too. You know, and whoever want make make whoever they want make it a day. So though, like if we said again, the election is a good method of mobilizing people and awakening them. Like I said last time, it's a teachable moment. Okay, let's organize around a certain group of people. If this is the level of consciousness of the people, and this is the direction they went with or went to, like maybe most of them went with OB and the Labour Party. At least we've. It has awakened the people, and there's a sort of shift of consciousness. If that's what we've taken away from this and organizing to a much more finer goal of overhaul of the system and system change, then in a way, historically, looking at the big picture, it might be a slight victory. Just might be, you know, but for now, the status quo still prevails, and the people had their mandates sort of um, stolen from them. 
you know, so that's where I'll put it for now, you know, but it's not a total surprise. I've always thought that a system that cannot, you know, give the people what, um, you know, is said to be the material benefits of democracy it will also fail when it comes to preserving and keeping that democracy in its real sense, mm-hmm. you know, so that's it for me. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's slightly a bit more complex, uh, you know, um, I think that, you know, if you even just feel the temperature, you know, both by politicians and the voting public or even the Nigerian public, citizens at large, you, you, you begin to get the impression that the election, you know, was a sham and that it was, 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 was rigged. Um, but I think that, you know, that we need to be careful here. And then for me, I think that one way to approach this conversation would be to break down what the issues were. You know, um, and that way we can then apportion blames, you know, where they fall, you know. Um, I think that there were upsides to the election, you know. Um, I also think that things, that certain things that could have been done better, you know. But it's a project, you know, anywhere in the world. I don't think that it was a failed exercise in in the real sense of, of a failure. I think, of course, that there were hiccups. Um, but I think that what the bone of contention really is, is that how much of these hiccups, you know, you, you, I mean, swung the election in favor of one party, you know, and, oh, and how much erupt, you know, other parties of, 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 of what should be, you know, of their own votes or vote share. Um, so for me, the issues are timing. When did the election start, right? When did INEC officials get to the polling booths, you know? Um, in some parts of the country, I mean, yeah. generally, they didn't, they didn't get to the election um, unit, polling units early enough. But even more is that they didn't, in some parts of the country, they got there earlier, in some other parts, they got there a bit late. Or much much yeah. later. Yeah, okay. okay. So, so check this out. Um, where you, where you're just about to get into the next issue, which which is our assessment of things more directly. But at this stage, you're still responding, I think, to just your general sense of the outcome, as in whether or not the outcome surprised you, or whether the outcome was more or less what you expected. And I think OEG sort of suggests that it's more or less what he expected, insofar as he expected. The people's mandate to be stolen in some respect. Um, but how about you? I mean, is this is this the outcome you envisioned, or in a sense, is this somehow surprising, or where does it sit? And I and I guess this is in the context of you know quite um, interesting polling data, for instance, that was coming out before the election that seemed to point in one way, you know, and like our own sense of how things have gone historically, etc. So. Before we dive into the issues properly, as as you're beginning to do, I mean, we'll come right back to that question, but I'm still wondering what your reaction is. I mean, are you surprised or are you more or less, um, uh, in a sense, vindicated in, in how you how these things have played out? Uh, 
Even at that, that's a difficult question for me, you know, to answer. I took, you know, um, I took the predictions of 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 of, of all the poll stars, mm-hmm. you know, with a pinch of of salt. Yeah, um, it seemed that way. Yeah, knowing knowing what polling is, you know, um, but not to trash anybody's work because we need more of those kinds of people doing that kind of work. Definitely. Um, what I take what I take from the election is is this. Okay, let me just respond to what I thought might have happened, you know, which isn't far off from what happened. Um, I thought that there was enough, given the number of contestants, you know, um, by which I mean that this was essentially a three, four horse race, mm. you know. I thought that the outcome of, elect- of the elections would have led to a runoff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a clear path for victory yeah. for anybody, which was why, and this is reflective of the outcome, which, which is why, you know, this might, this is basically the closest um, elections maybe ever, mm-hmm. you know, in terms, in terms of how close, you know, um, the margins were. So um, in that regard, I don't think that it is all too surprising, you know, um, where that leads to is the issue of transparency, you know, um, you know, so, but by and large, I think that that the outcome of their election was it, I mean, it's a fair reflection of how people voted, irrespective of how high emotions are. Mm. Uh, run now, yeah. Good. Um, okay. Interesting. What, what we can, yeah, what we can dig into if we look at you know how Heineck handled the elections in terms of logistics, so both terms of events, uh, in all of these conditions that probably skewed the outcome, you know, and mm-hmm. in that regard, I mean that are there factors from the way INEC handled the elections that made it such that, you know, we, we got um, um, the results that we got, yeah. you know, yeah. just from first time. You know, so that's, that's my own take, you know. Well, you know, I mean, this. we're already in that arena. So I think that's really the next issue to consider. And I mean, it seems like you and OEG have slightly different perspectives. Because it sounds like OJ is saying it's it's an outright theft of the result or theft of the election by the ruling, presumably by the winners, right? By the ruling APC party and the now uh, newly declared president-elect uh, Asiwaju Bola Metinubu. Uh, on the other hand, it sounds like America is saying something more like it was a more complicated process that might have involved some incompetence, might have involved some manipulation, but yeah, ultimately made this outcome more likely. If I'm reading you guys right, I guess I'll, I'll throw the first question to OEG then. In what way do you think it was manipulated? Maybe I'll put it that way. Like, what do you think was the primary method through which the thing was stolen? Yeah, like with that beaver's thing, why mm. did you not use the beaver? Like, why didn't you use a direct method of, you know, transmitting the results to, mm-hmm. Like to the portal, no, why didn't you do that? And then a lot of polling units came back with discrepancies, changes in what they had 
on the ground and then what was later reported officially in, you know in quotes like a lot of discrepancies they a lot of places where violence they a lot of places where we say you know they didn't have proper you know ethnic representation on ground yet results came out of that you know though i'll be those places you know so like what we've seen on ground is that it might it might look like this election, say, he gets hiccups, he gets... So, and to a large extent, these motherfuckers that are handling stuff, you know, yeah, hiccups with the and she But it all goes to this point of, look, make the process just give us waiting we want. That's the ruling class. Like, let's... They, they don't have any vested interest in making it go smoothly. That's my own... Like, you go, sure. they, even if it goes smoothly, so if you act uh, the... <laughs> The portal, because there, there were results or reports that the portal was deliberately jammed so that they wouldn't use beavers and all. Like, but the long and short of it is that look, when you want to disenfranchise people, there's no length to which you know you won't explore or go. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it, there's just that sentiment, that general sentiment that something has been taken from the people. And you know, nobody likes say I'll be huge or I'll be a B fan and all, but. If what I was seeing on ground and the results that were coming out from places that were really surprising that, you know, Labour was sweeping everything and then it can't come out, say, no be like that or waiting they officially declare. Like, come on. You know, so, yeah, like, even corruption on the part of the INEC uh, officials that were on ground, you know, police assistance, rig, the using of thugs in Lagos, like, you know, so a lot of things just made the thing, like, uh, a sham to me. I am. Um, mm. And yeah. a lot of people will agree with that. A lot of people will agree with that. You know, at this point in time, this is not our first election. I don't know like saying in 1999, we did. You know, we're supposed to see progressively smooth elections, you know, with technology and, um, you know, um, maybe deployment of money, all these kind of things. But it's just like, say, the more this corrupt ruling class, the more they mess society up, the more the contradictions keep eating society the more the so-called institutions are supposed to guard our democracy, the weaker they become. Now they go, they flout court injunctions, all these kind of things, to that central aim of keeping their power. You know, because when the court comes and says, this is the guy there, and people are coming out with evidence, what change are we going to get from it? It's still going to be here, the court has decided, INEC has decided. And let's even look at imperialism too. They've started congratulating the president-elect the axis of evil, UK, this one, that one, everybody on the congratulate when <laughs> evidence did, you know. So, that's to me, that's I'll just you know, let me just allow you to talk. One cannot go off on tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel, I can feel your passion. Uh, they pay me, they pay me, they pay me, yeah. Um, but 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 here's the thing, right? Um I think one thing is clear, you know, um, and it's evident in in the outcome, in the event. I mean, whatever anybody thinks, what the outcome even says, rigged or no rigged, is that um, the party that has won, you know, the the party in power, the ruling party, um, whatever anybody says, I mean, wherever you fall on the divide, what's clear is that they are not a very popular um, party, okay? 
Um, so when you, when you look at the vote shares announced, you, you see that um, what they managed was 37% or thereabout of total votes cast, yeah. which leaves you know about 63 or so with gladly <clears throat> the other two contestants you know um so even 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 the presidential candidate for the apc knows that he's not a very popular um candidate if you even heard some of his speeches you know mm. that he's made so far the problem with alleging that you know um you that the votes were rigged is that you need to prove it, yeah. you know. <laughs> and um, so if you go to the electoral tribunal, you're not going to ride on popular sentiments or emotions, you know. And here's the thing with popular sentiments. It might be true that if the voter turnout had hit, say, 50%, APC would have lost out. But you see, the voter turnout was at 27%, just under 30% which has meant that for the people who voted, yeah. this is probably how they voted, all right? The other voices in the room are people who didn't vote, but who would have voted, you know, the other parties, if they had voted, you, you get, you know. Yes. So you're going to hear that part of noise in, 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 in reactions to the, to the outcome of, of the election. But here's the thing. And this is not based on any scientific evidence. I strongly feel that um, part of how, you know, INEC has handled the elections, you know, not just even INEC, part of how some of the parties, you know, or part parties who participated in the election went about wanting to win, you know, in terms of voter suppression, violence. You know, people talk about what happened in Lagos, you know, in mm -hmm. parts of Lagos. I don't hear much about what happened in Kano, even though right now in Kano, somebody's you know going to to some sitting member of the House of Representative is already arrested, has been already arrested, and all. So you see, yeah. but but what we do forget is that there were hundred and over hundred and seventy thousand polling units. All right, now in places where you know people had issues with. You know, this either result sheets were changed, um, voter suppression, overvoting, votes didn't even, elections didn't even happen because there were places where elections didn't even hold, you know, even when they were rescheduled in places like Calabar and, and, and Bielsa. You know, mm -hmm. when you bring all of this together, what would it amount to in terms of polling units? And then how, what would it also amount to in terms of people who are registered to vote in those polling units and those who have even collected their PVC. Now that's where evidence begins to get tricky, which is not to say that I am saying that it cannot be prove, proven, you know, that if, if you, if you, and it takes a, a lot of work to gather this evidence. All right. If you then gather this evidence, which is not to say that um, PDP, for instance, could have won, you understand, or labor could have won, you know, but what I do think, in my, I mean, if you ask for my opinion, is that the best that can come out of this is that whatever evidence, when it's gathered thoroughly, thoroughly enough, would show is that um, maybe the best that could have come out of this election was a runoff, you know, and um, that also 
might translate to or being could be interpreted as mandates being stolen. But I am almost certain that um, even though emotions are high, you know, and, and of course, rightly so, because there are aspects of the election that INEC could have handled better, aspects of the election that security agents could have handled, you know, better, you, you know, in, in, in that regard. But I, I, I feel that um, given the outcome of the election, um, there isn't much, I mean, we're, we're not just going to throw INEC under the board boss because it's it's a lot of work to conduct elections in nigeria don't forget that there was um some kind of cash crunch you know there were also logistic yeah that's where you know maybe our last episode comes into play things like you know no fuel you know so all of this kind of impacted on 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 the results but if we're looking at i mean the percentage of clean votes cast you know, as a, as opposed to those that were manipulated, if that's what we're looking at in strict terms, um, uh, my brother, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm totally for, you know, the aggrieved parties going to court or going to an election tribe. In fact, that's what I expect them to do, you know, um, but they they will have their work cut out. That's what what I what I think. They will really have their work cut out, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. at that point it's it, it will be the data that it's is speaking. I think there's a number of interesting like lines of argument that we're having here. Um, one of them being, does this reflect the will of the people in general? And the other being, does this reflect how people voted? I mean, America, you seem to be suggesting that the outcome might actually reflect how people voted, even if the voting itself was conditioned by all sorts of external factors, including INEX arrival time, including the Naira issue behind the scenes and all of that. So, I mean, I guess then the question to AG is, you're talking about tensions being high or, or the pulse of the people, but I presume you're talking primarily about online, right? I mean, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, should be. Yeah. I mean, so um, because in practice, in practical terms, for an election that you know, if you say the mandate of people was stolen, actually the the sort of real world response has been fairly civil, right? I mean, there was like some protests. I think in one local local government in Edo, at the INEC coalition center, um, but aside from that, I've not really heard much about people taking, say, to the streets, you know, there was, I think, also a group of people who went to the Abuja Coalition Center, but they were really a tiny group of guys wearing Arsenal jerseys. So it was like, didn't really look like a forceful response by people who, en masse, at various points in the country, felt that the mandate was stolen. I mean, you know, even the AAC Revolution Now protests are larger than what has happened here. So, I mean, how would you, like, if it really was that, a, a kind of large-scale theft of the people's mandate, then how would you account for what seems to be relatively little actual practical respond, respond, responding, I mean, on the street, for instance, to the results? Okay, yeah, you know, like, again, most of the, the new wave um, obedience movement, LP, now largely, you know, middle-class, online people, you know, 
again, there's an intersection between the NSAS people and disobedient new age movement. You know, where we say, okay, now they just kill people, finish for 2020, yeah, when NSAS. Nobody won't jump, come out, because they don't know what the Nigerian state will do again. You know, so if you see uh, the spokespersons of these uh, people with you say that man, they don't date Jack. You know, most of them are, let's just keep it civil. Nobody should come out, stay your ground. Parity is saying that. Yeshifu is saying that. Mr. Macaroni is saying that. Them Reno, they are saying that. You know, so, and again, I've tested the temperature of people from the other camp. You know, that's uh, take it back to AAC people, because rightly you mentioned them that. Look, they are now saying, some of them are the, the obedient people that feel that money have been stolen. They're saying, eh, look, Obi should come out now. She be they stole me your mandate. If, it's, if it was AAC, you know, we're not scattered the streets now, you know. But now that they are saying mm. activists should stay activists and then politicians should stay politicians, let Obi come out and go and claim his vote if he feels that his mandate was stolen. You know, so, but I'm saying this in the context of the NSAS and the context mm -hmm. of saying Nigerian, Nigerian government just slaughter people finish. You know, you will see that that restraint and, you know, to see again if they're going to go on this uh, court angle or <laughs> court angle, that sounded like <laughs> like <laughs> American wrestler. You know, if you're going to go on, <laughs> you know that <laughs> on that, you know, using the so-called democratic institutions like the courts and all that, you know, say maybe he go help them get salvation and all. But I still doubt because mm. you know it's like the whole world run accepts saying that this guy be the president. So they are they are having their illusions shattered. That's it. And they know that mm -hmm. they, they, they will start to know that there needs to be a fundamental change. Mm -hmm. And you have to put more than, you know, you have to work with things with the institution and outside of the institution in terms of pressure to make sure that democracy really is what we achieve. So this is what this is a learning curve for everybody that feels that their mandate has been stolen. That look, these institutions that the elites have hijacked, we have to claim those institutions back and put pressure on them to do as they're supposed to do. I want, I want us to come back to this conversation about next steps, what to do, what people should be doing, what the left should be doing, et cetera. Um, but before then, I think it would be good to pass a little bit more of the results. I think there are probably two lingering big questions for me um, that I wonder how you guys would respond to. I mean, the first of them is the claim that you hear some people on the APC making, not without merit, that Peter Obi was actually the best thing that ever happened for Tinubu. And I mean, the argument is that Tinubu has scored the lowest amount of votes is required for a president to win probably ever. I mean, in the history of the Fourth Republic, um, if PDP of 2019 had been the force that Tinubu faced, you know, Amanju, that was its PDP that had Atiku at the, at the front of the ticket and Peter Obi as the VP and managed to score 11 million votes. If they had been on the ticket, then Tinubu with his 8 million votes would have come second, right? Um, and this is not even adding in Kwankoso, who was also a former PDP person, who took another 1.4 million votes um, out of the general opposition kitty. So how would you respond to that? I mean, could we read this election then ultimately as the failure of a fragmented opposition to beat a weakened ruling party? Or do you think that's an oversimplification of what happened? Mm. Okay. In in your characteristic manner, that's that's a loaded one. Um, <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> and you, you see, the, the thing about listening to these guys is is that you, you, what you largely tend to do 
in the event that you, you, you pay them any mind is that you, you basically outsource your own thinking. All right. Um, most of these lads who, you know, come into some sort of um, positions of influence, you know, especially on social media, um, what's giving them that leverage is that even if they understand politics at all, it's usually from the way that it is and, and not the way that it can be. So um, this is the first time that we're, I mean, and that's largely to this credit, um, that we're having some sort of election that is a radical departure from the way things used to be. Um, and so part of their own tools for analysis is, is, is largely faulty. Okay. Okay, but um, to push you further, leaving aside the personalities, I mean, what mm -hmm. defines this election for, if you're looking from a distance, is the multiplication of opposition parties, right? I mean, because yes. there's one ruling party and there are now several opposition parties. And, you know, even if you don't buy the idea that um, OB was the best thing that happened to Tinubu, which is obviously a provocative way to frame it, you know, it's still hard mm -hmm. to run away from the fact that the PDP splintered. And as such, the coalition of 2019 was kind of disintegrated and couldn't pull the same strength as it did in 2019. Or how would you challenge that? I mean, if, I mean, if, 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 if I mean, that, 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 that carries some weight, but that, that doesn't totally explain, you know, um, what happened. If you, if you, if what's, well, what's happened if, if you um, ask me? Right. And I'm talking from somebody, yeah, I'm speaking as someone who thinks that, you know, um, one of the possible outcomes in this, which, which doesn't um, take away from, you know, the outcome, you know, the eventual outcome as it has happened. But one of the possible outcomes was that um, obese candidacy, you know, uh, and Kwan Kwasu's candidacy could have forced um, a runoff, mm. okay? Um, there are allegations of votes manipulation. We know that votes have been, you know, um, there are places where, because of violence, elections didn't hold, mm -hmm. all right? Um, to give two examples that I know of, and I'm sure that there are others, this, these points that I've noted are recurring um, teams or recurring decimals in Kanu and Lagos, right? Mm -hmm. And these are APC, um, maybe not dominated as we can see even from the election results, but these are states within the grip of power of, you know, the APC, mm -hmm. okay? If they were so sure of themselves, you know, the guys who were putting up all of this analysis, why did they have to resort to um, violence? Yeah, right. but they would admit you know, that the ruling party is weak. No, I mean, of course, of course. So, so I mean, so, so for me, some of then they yeah, say so, that some look, of the, the only thing a weak ruling party um, had going for it was that it was more united than the opposition, which was split into three. Okay, fine. You, you I mean, if you, if you go back and say that the ruling party was weak again, then you know, you're just they would just be like, yes, of course, we already acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, the ruling yeah, the ruling party was, was is weak, but that's the beauty of um, that's the beauty of democracy. And what I'm not going to agree to is that, um, no, I, I like that Labour was in this race. I like that mm. NMPP was in this. Yeah, I like re regardless of the outcome. Do you understand? So to hop on the fact that PDP would have been stronger, 
For Christ's sakes, the vote, the votes also show that many people don't even want PDP, okay, as it were. You know, um, many yes, people, but many... you could argue that from the outcome, less people want Labour than want PDP since PDP came second. Yeah, so... I, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, you can, I mean, that's, that's a very valid ag argument, and then that's fine, right? So let's deal with it as it, as it is. That um, PDP broke up. I mean, that's 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 fine. You, you know, it, they can break up. Then, I mean, you, if you if you want to analyze it, you know, that way. That's I mean, that's your own prerogative. That's not that's not how I'm going to look at it. Mm. I like the fact that this has happened, right? Um, I like the fact that this is the outcome. You know, um, mm. if people who who are aggrieved can go on, go ahead and prove that, you know, mm. we could have had a runoff or that we probably could have won. Because when people allege that it is rigging, I'm not part of people who say that rigging was only done by APC. Mm. You know, mm. I think that, that rigging was also done by PDP. Yes. You know, so um, so if, if, if that's what we're going to, if that's what we're going to argue, we can stay here and then argue from now till tomorrow. You know, we have only, we have one outcome, which is the outcome that you know INEC has declared, but there could have been other outcomes, which is why I'm really up for proof of this for those who are alleged. I mean, I'm not a politician, you know, in that sense, you know, and I'm not gonna carry anybody on wahala for my own head to begin show. <laughs> so you know go protest with that. <laughs> no, I know I protest with it's not a protest. Protest when I never try balance. You know, but you see the, the thing is I of course, you know that my own bias is for Labour Party because sure. for the first time in a long time, I saw something that people said wasn't possible. You know, um, so so this for me is a gain for democracy. You know, so I'm not going to start, mm -hmm. you know, happening or or piling on people who broke out from where they went. You know, welcome. You know, if did, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Mm. You know, so. For me, it's, I like the conversation that is, that is happening now. And if people lack the tools to really interpret what happened beyond if they didn't break up uh, PDP, who that would have won. No, it shouldn't always be. I've always said this. I've said this for about eight years. It shouldn't always be APC and PDP. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't always be. Right? No, that's not what we want. You know, more, pl 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 um, more, more, more people... In, in, in the mix, mm -hmm. you know, and we want to have different other options. That's the beauty of it for people like me and you. So that if I go to the polls on March 11, I, I know that, ah, okay, it's not even sure for APC. It's not sure for PDP, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then people who say this forget that, you, you, you know, it's, elections are almost like a, a football match where people would generally a large chunk of people who vote will generally go for people who they think that they can win so yeah, that they sure. can then have bra bra sure. bragging rights. Indeed. You, you know, uh, it's like when Arsenal faces Man U. Uh, yeah. As an Arsenal fan, I'll, I'll, before the game, I would have told anybody that cared to listen that or more Arsenal will beat you scatter. You yeah. understand? No, but that's not what it's... That's, I mean, elections, I mean, governance must count for, for more than just you know, your right to brag. Because yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, that yeah. kind of ana analysis is yes. coming from you are. So now why MOP knowing now or AAC? Um, because I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's even... <laughs> okay, OG, actually, um, to that point, you I know, mean, what do you think about... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, before you move on. Because that also negates the work that LP put into this, right? We've had 
what you can call three horse races before. Ribadu has been in the race before. Mm -hmm. Managed to show up one point something million. Pankwaso mm -hmm. showed up one point something. But it's Atiku never also. happened. Atiku did two million. Yeah, Atiku also, yeah, yeah. So it's never happened that a third force would break in six. I want a bet. I want bets. When I, months back, when I told people that like, LP so, would do five million, people, people were arguing. Now you didn't buy uh, yeah, Hello. Uh, no, 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 they, 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 they never agree me. That's why this, this thing they never resolve. You take credit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go take credit. Anyway, can't today. Sorry. Uh, where I stand with this whole thing is that, you know, democracy, of course, must be broadened. Mm -hmm. And we must have alternative views or alternative ideologies represented on the ballot boxes, like I'll be on the ballot paper. So, mm. say say these things don't start to the surface or they are nascent well it's fine like it's fine and then you know in fact pushing up um what's it called like and uh, a, a fight against the order because before now usually it's either an apc or pdp or more nothing they happen you know though the configurations of labor party we can go inside of that you know and then how much of pdp influence they inside that one we can go inside of that you know but that the thing leads to a rallying point for the masses of the people to go, you know, and vote and vent out their displeasure with the system. Although maybe fundamental change day or not, or fundamental difference day or not, but they, but that it has become a vehicle for people to vent out and follow another direction means that, like I always say, election could be a mobilizing and rallying point for people, you know. So mm. it's a plus. It's a little plus for the democratic journey of the country, you know, which needs sharpening up, which needs better direction, you know, and organization for the people. So me, I don't have any problem. I don't have too much of a problem with that. You know, I just want for us to build on this and then give the people, you know, you know, organize with them and have like a proper direction to follow. That's all for me, you know, we get ideology behind it anyway. Well, you, but you see, actually, that, that caveat at the end is, is crucial. And um, where you talk about, um, you know, this moment having some potential by virtue of it having mobilized the masses, that kind of points towards my last and I think most vexing question um, for me that has been thrown up by the outcome. And the question to me is, if this election was so popular, so um, laden with possibility for transformation, and if the candidates on offer, the third party, third choice, et cetera, um, were, was, was so directly speaking to the concerns of the masses of people, then why was this the lowest turnout in the history of the Fourth Republic? I mean, and turnouts, by the way, have been declining since probably 2011, um, but have never hit this all-time low of something like 27%. I think the turnout in 2019 was 32%, and that was a startlingly, you know, depressing turnout. So why did so few people actually end up voting if the election was so rich with possibility? I mean, could it actually be that a lot of people looked at the options and, you know, despite you know, the passion in some quarters felt that there wasn't much in it for them. Um, or how, how would you guys respond to, to the turnout figure? Because that's the actual single largest block 
is larger than the APC block, is larger than the PDP labor block, is larger than all of the blocks combined. So you could almost say that voting has become a niche sport, you know, a kind of um, pastime for weirdos, right? Because the vast majority of people who have voter cards, not to talk of adults, don't seem to care much about it. So, yeah, I mean, what, 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 how would you respond to that? What, how have you made sense of that for yourself? I mean, I want to be, I want to be selfish. So let me take, let me, let me set the agenda, as they say. <laughs> make, make I, uh, I, I'm first OAG to respond based on <laughs> my own agenda. You know, um, see, you see that, that's, that's, that's the question that you ask. You know, I mean, and I think when you you pose the question, you had said it was vexing. Um, I think it's, I don't think it's vexing. It's, it's, it's thoughtful. It forces us to think. Uh, hmm. Maybe even pro pro provocative. But you see, this is the beauty of of some of the gains of this election, which is why I, at the beginning, I said I'll I'll be hesitant to throw INEC under the bus and say they didn't. I mean that it was a sham of an election. Yeah, um, this is where you know the use of beavers comes in, right? What mostly what I would say has been a sham is the elections before all of these ones, where you say that 69% of the voting, but those were all elections that were rigged massively by, by millions of, of figures. So this is the first time we're having a fair bit of idea what the voting public, the Nigerian voting public is. Now, and I would say this because I have listened well, to people- well, hang on. I mean, the last election didn't have by like bimodal accreditation, which is to say, it didn't have facial recognition, but it had fingerprint. So, yeah, but, but, but and, then, and they had but, the, but, the PVC. So, would you throw away yeah. all those figures? You know, and so the twenty fifteen. I mean, the innovation of twenty fifteen was the introduction of PVC. So, would you throw away those figures yeah. entirely? I mean, because but, there has been I'm a, not, a no, sharp no. decline since twenty fifteen. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not throwing away those figures. But I'm saying that this this particular election. With the introduction of beavers has made the leg room for maneuverings or manipulations a bit more tighter. So okay. the numbers are beginning to come down, right? And that's why I said that maybe I'm not throwing away elections from 215, but I'm, I'm I have no business with elections from before that. You know, the elections that brought Obasanjo into, you know, into power, that brought Yaradua into power. So I mean, what I'm saying is that now we're beginning to get, and we need to deal with it. You know. Um, rather than use it as a tool to say, as a way, or rather as a way to say, um, no, I think that what people need to do is that we need to, I mean, it shows that we also all have our works cut out. We need to go out and ed educate the people on the reason why, which is why people who feel aggrieved should go and challenge this in election tribunals and court, so that people who, for one reason or the other, decided not to vote, would begin to see that the process is actually becoming or beginning to become free and fair. So I'm not going to throw, you know, um, the work that INEC has done away you know, um, in, in, in that sense. Because part of what this election does and is that it makes it almost impossible for, for us to have overvoting, you know, whereas in previous elections that there's a bit of leeway where even though some of this you know, PVC, for instance, had been, um, there were there were ways to also have, I mean, to go around the system. 
here, I mean, as clearly a place like River State suggests, you know, <laughs> there are still ways to go around this, but it's, it's, it's becoming tighter and tighter, mm -hmm. you know. Uh -huh. And then there were elections that were, I mean, there were results in this election that were also cancelled for all sorts of reasons. So let's just agree and come to face the facts that the voting population in Nigeria is about just 30, not 30% not of the whole population, right? But, you, you know, people who, who collect PVCs with the intention to vote is about just 30% of, of the registered voters. And that largely the remaining 70% just use it as a means of identification. We can live with that and begin to build out, you know, um, mm -hmm. from that. Because mm -hmm. um, just listening to some, some, some reports on, you know, on, on news channels or reading, there were people at voting um, polling units who said that this was the first time they were seeing crowds this huge, you know. Yeah. And whether we like it or if, if you have 27 million people real, Ego show, you of know, course, as opposed to as opposed to telling us that you have 60 million people voting or 40 million people voting, where people no see, you know, where sometimes you know even within your own inner self, in a beer or not a drink, or some people they play football on that day, but people actually went out to vote. So I'm taking what I've heard from the streets, what I've heard as reports from news, and what I understand about how the way Bivas works, you know, in terms of. Um, what the technology, you know, is designed to do. Um, I'll leave with 27, 27 million, which is maybe 20, sorry, 27 percent or 30 percent of people that people came out to vote, in the understanding that this is poor and you know should be worked on. But that's where we are. You know, okay. sorry. So yeah, it sounds like you're not too worried about that outcome. I mean, Oyeji, how about you? Like, do you do you feel any concern? Because you were talking about the masses learning. Whereas if it's only quite a fraction of the adult population, not to talk of the entire population, a tiny fraction, a minority, a vast minority that participated in this process, then how do you feel about what this says about the masses in general? Well, it's, um, it's an intersection between the people we no do anything and the people we do something. We want to make the people we no do anything join in. Because... If you do something, if you vote, if you go out there and vote, if you push and apply pressure and the, and the systems or institutions start to give a positive feedback, then it becomes an encouragement for the other people that think the system doesn't work, you know, for the other people to start getting into right. it. You know? So what the people that have voted now make out of it is largely crucial. It is crucial as to saying, okay, now, is this a, is this a process that we feel will give us salvation? Is this a process that we feel we can invest our time in so what they do those those people those that percentage that Mika is talking about what they do at this point in time would determine if the number is going to go even lower okay no but let me ask you this i mean i think you know this is oh, what I... Mika was saying was his agenda probably was to explain turnout in terms of process you know so Mika thinks yeah, of course. that Bibas you know, weeding yes. out. But is it possible numbers. that actually it's less about process and more about options? As in people looked at the major options that have been presented by the media and such, and they felt like there's nothing here for me. I mean, because keep in mind, you know, America is saying that based on the process, you know, because it's cleaner now, 
it's possible that this is even higher than it used to be, you know, because some people said in their polling units, wow, this is the largest crowd I've seen. But in other polling units, no one came. Like if you look at IREV, there are polling units where absolutely no one showed up. Like polling units where previously people showed up. So there is, in probably in addition to the question of process, it appears that there are other factors that might have contributed to this low turnout. You know, I mean, there's a paradoxical kind of explanation America is advancing, which is that the improved process is part of why there's a lower turnout in effect, right? But do you, do you are you on are you on board with that? Is is that in effect what you're saying as well? Or I mean, are there other factors we need to think about for explaining why there seems to be a decline in interest in participating in elections? And if there is that decline, then what does that also say about the options on the table? I mean, were the masses even represented at all by the options? Um, like, like I say again, and our people now show and prove. We, we show and prove people. Okay. At this point now, regardless of regardless of who they are, who not they now, what this process yields at this point in time will determine. Because now, okay, the numbers done there. We don't see saying that these people come out now. If mm -hmm. this is a true representation, you know, or not, you know, like we we'll know, but. If what comes out of this, if it's not positive, then you will even see a further lower turnout because the people will have lost their hope entirely in this system, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Like the way the way the numbers came about, you know, maybe voters thinking that okay, these people doesn't, you know, they don't represent us. They're not even, you know, selected from us. They are just a part of the whole system and all. Like that one is by the side though. But what happens with these numbers now that these people came out and if they fight for it and it brings some sort of positive outcome, then I'm sure that you'll see a huge or even higher voter turnout because now they will have yeah. invested credibility in the system. But if nothing happens with this one now and it's just a rubber stamp of what the old system is, trust me, you're going to, you're going to get an even abysmal and lower right you know uh, turnout yeah mm -hmm. so it's about what happens now it's about what happens now right okay so you still feel it's kind of very process heavy the question of turnout okay i mean exactly. I guess, um th this probably brings me to the last question and i mean it's probably a little less of a vexing question than the previous ones um just because of the situation on the left um but what what is the left's stake in all of this in Nigeria? Um, you are to make happy. You are to make <laughs> I don't like to hear anything left, but you know, I guess that's what this podcast is about in theory, right? Um, so I suppose we should pay some attention to that question. Um, and I mean, I, maybe one way to approach it is to talk about how how the losers, so to speak, the opposition is supposed to respond to this outcome. And as you were saying, OEG, there are people who have been calling for protests, other people who have been saying, no, let's wait for the court process. Where do you think the left should come in? Should the left intervene in some respect, encourage people in either of these directions? Um, should the left really try to defend the mandate of the second person who won? I mean, the second place party, which is PDP? <laughs> or what? What? what I guess, do you, where, where do you see the left coming in 
at such a moment of, of, of such division. And I mean, I, and, and so let me quickly add that the question is not about what should the left as it currently stands um, do. I think the question is about in the ideal scenario where you had a little more organization that wasn't strong enough to win an election, but um, you know, could actually intervene meaningfully in a situation like this. What would you expect of a left of that sort? Uh, you know, again, in this Nigeria, where we did, like, the, the, the orientation of the left towards this thing, like, do they, okay, are we going to say the AAC is the face of the left in this political party, you know, I mean, this political process? And if they are, like, okay, they've been saying, let's, let's you know, look at the system, let's look at what was happening there was rigging let's come out and protest you know all these evidences where they you know fine but since we know to get left this like man i just feel now education really i feel it's education now that the yeah. left can do because it a process that's supposed to be seamless that's supposed to have very little human interference in terms of transmission of results and all that we're going to be you know mad with different different uh, fingerprints like this, you know, is even worth something, you know, in terms of challenging the results. But since we don't have a united front, we don't, we just do like rudderless, rudderless ship or uh, rudderless plate or whatever. We don't <laughs> get real bearing on the process. And that's what happens when you fall back, you know, behind. Though I get biased for AAC, you know, I would have loved if at least they claimed some seats and all, you know, so we go see what they feed do, you know, so which leaves us with what work are we going to do? How are we going to take this election and all that happened to use it as once again, a teaching point for people and to let them know that, look, institutions are only as strong as our organization and the kind of pressure we put to correct or, or correct wrongs or correct, you know, anomalies right there inside our systems is actually the true form of um, representation of democracy that we have, you know, the response of institutions to the will of the people. You know, so I think if we're able to pressurize and maybe organize with people that feel like their mandates have been stolen, if there's evidence, and if the, you know, um, if it's been proven like that, and we're able to get some like redress and get some people reinstated as maybe winners or maybe have elections, conducted again then fine it would be that okay mm -hmm. if people can be organized around setting goals and you know to for us to get our so yeah, should we prioritize should, like, should left in that in that in that um attempt to uh rally around the people who feel their mandates have been stolen should we prioritize the articulated the obedience uh, of <laughs> or is it just any, I, I, any of the above I, all of the, the above. intervention the intervention of the left now will have to be examined because honestly i'm just at that point where because if we go say we're going to help all these people we enter shouldn't <laughs> say we don't go. so we have to look at how we want to intervene you know in this uh intervene in this issue and you know how best to make sure that the people understand that there are fundamental changes that need to be you know um um, examined, especially with this governorship election or gubernatorial election coming up, you know, like I said, they will talk at religious and tribal sentiments. And if you check on Twitter now, my God, it's so toxic. It's so like 
people try bound nonsense, they go on religious nonsense, they go on, you know, because some people want me to holiday, PC control and all. But if we look at property relations, if we look at the class that's in power, if we look at what this man is saying when it comes to who society is supposed to help, how are we going to, you know, share the wealth of society, what what's the plan for the masses and you know, common men. If we can't listen to both of them, we can't see, we go feel isolate who they really talk sense. It's not about if body borrows people na person will come back as slave returning or, or some will luna from Ogun State or in the go deeper life or you know, all those bullshit no go concern us. It's who is speaking to the aspirations of the people that ain't go concern us. But at the end of the day, the left is supposed to be that educating factor. Self, no girl organized, like just. I don't know. Did that question yourself? But I don't. I don't think Rich Wayne Emeka did. Emeka, your thoughts? Okay, so quickly. I mean, um, here's what I think. Um, I think that, I mean, I don't. I would. I don't need to rehash where the left, you know, stood going into this election, um, which mm -hmm. is that they were divided. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I think that the beauty of Leftist this election is that uh, leftist obedience, leftist conquest. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. So I think that there's 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 a part of the left which decided to go in, in with the Labour Party, and the beauty of it is that it's largely the 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 the, the, the part of the left that is, is even, even bureaucratic. Uh, so speaking now of the NLC and the TUC, all right. Um, I think that this is a defining moment, especially since leadership has changed hands within Europe. Mm -hmm. you know, um, this is their time to stand behind the mass of people who want some sort of redress and put pressure. You know? um, so essentially, they are aligned with labor, right? Um, mm -hmm. As I would expect, labor is going to challenge some of these results. Okay? The best I expect from a fair process is that where they manage to prove that votes have been manipulated, where they manage to prove that because of some logistical problems, you know, or voter suppression or violence, um, how some of these external factors have managed to impact on the outcome of the election, where they manage to prove some of these things, um, what is only fair is that some of these places, especially, some, so I'll give an example, not especially. River states, I strongly believe that elections should be reconducted there for whatever it's worth, mm. you know. Um, so part of what I expect that the left should do in this is to pile pressure to hope to, so that, I mean, so that at least for people who are seeking redress, that it, the process is seen to be fair. I mean, because INEC has to do some redeeming. Um, you know, this is where popular sentiments come into place. You know, um, we it, it needs the left needs to stand behind the party that it is aligned with, and see to it that you. And it's not just stand. It's not, I mean, everybody will benefit of this, both the PDP, you know, even the APC, so that the APC can at least convincingly, convincingly show us that they got forty-four percent of the votes cast in in River State. You know, for for example, so I think you know um, that's what the job of the left is mm. to do here. Okay. When it gets to the tri tribunal or to the law courts, you know, 
um, because I don't have any faith in, in, in the law, in the courts in this country. I mean, not when it comes to election matters, at, at the very least, you know. So, I mean, it's their job to now pile on the pressure so that we, we are sure that, you know, um, that exercise in itself won't be a futile one. Mm. You know, I think that's where I, 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 what I think that the left can, can do, you know, to salvage anything here. Then it seems like you and OAG are in fairly similar positions at the end. Um, and if I can be, if I can be polemicist, I will say that you guys are both ultimately advocating that the left attempt to um, try to revive, I think, the legitimacy of certain, dare I say, bourgeois institutions, such as the, the mainstream opposition parties and the courts. <laughs> or am I ready you wrong? <laughs> There's no time for real clarification. So let me, no, let me, let me throw in this final thing. When you say pile on pressure, right? When you say pile on pressure, are you saying on the street or are you saying by retweeting important tweets, creating more interesting hashtags or writing petitions or like what, what kind of pressure really? Do you think that it would have ultimately been um, in a hypothetical situation with the organized left important to pile on? Take a position. That's what I'm, I'm saying. They okay. need to take a position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay. state it clearly. Yeah. Where okay. they stand. Okay, yeah. OG, last words. Yeah, yeah. You know, to a large extent, the left must, whatever, organize itself make sure that you know they don't run after events we don't happen like you can't always be behind historical events you can't run behind answers you can't run behind elections and start mm. looking for who and where to go so if they organize themselves and actually have an, uh, like a, a vessel of carrying out the will of the masses in this election then that's what they should stand behind you know uh, of course the bureaucratic elites where they labor aristocracy whatever you know now them get lp now them you know, so it's it's really not a straightforward one, but mm. there should be like some sort of organization of the people to teach them at least fundamental differences between, you know, all these elites so that we go nowhere where they go, you know, in, you know, right. coming times. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Gentlemen, thank you for an interesting conversation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these thank ones, you very much, sir. some of these ones, we know go resolve them today, but at least <laughs> we got the ball rolling. Nice one, yeah. Nice one, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't define right. yeah. they don't define now. I think I break them to now. There was a power cut while I was working, so I've lost basically everything. That, so I, I just hope that because I used Madame's phone for this one, yeah. it, it might just be way better.